Hi, it's episode 21, season 2 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav, joining me this week, uh, for the first time this calendar year, head of the Johannesburg Spurs Supporters Club, Nikki. Hello, everyone. And Bex is back on the show as well. Good afternoon. Right, um, so we we had we played two matches since the last pod. Um, Leicester in the middle of the week and um, Sunderland yesterday. Um we're going to have to start with um, the game in the middle of the week. Um, disappointing, I think. Disappointing results, but I didn't think it was a disappointing performance. I was quite proud of, um, apart from the defending on the corner, which I think was pretty poor, I was quite proud of the performance that we put in. I thought, I thought that Leicester were very lucky to, to come away with three points. Yeah, I think... Um... Last, at the end of last season, everybody was like, OK, we can see the direction the club is going. And so long as we do that, it doesn't matter about the results, so long as we're entertaining. And then we've had such a good run this season that now the expectation level has changed. And everybody expected that, yes, Leicester coming to our place, we would be able to get a result. And I think it's the expectation that hurts, says Grumpy from Portsmouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still a little, yeah, I'm still a little bit... <laughs> about it all <laughs> I'm sure it will pass oh, I know I just um, well I, I I sat in our living room and um, I think for the last 10 minutes I cried I just had tears running down my cheeks <laughs> <laughs> I was just so so upset and and yeah it's like Jeff said you know what I wasn't actually I was a little frustrated to be honest but I wasn't disappointed in the performance because you know what they played pretty pretty well, and I think Leicester were lucky at the end of the day. It was poor defending. It was a fluky freaking goal. I was so annoyed with the with the commentator because Kane shot was, you know, the, the, they said, "Oh, what a brilliant save!" And I'm like, "That's a lucky fucking save. Do me a favor. Was it a brilliant <laughs> save? It 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 hit the crossbar. It bounced out. Well, it hit its arm, hit the crossbar, and then bounced out. It didn't go in. It like ball could have gone anyway. So don't tell me it's a brilliant save. There's nothing brilliant about it. I think I think Leicester bullied um, Kane. I think that the yes. refs did nothing about it. I think that they, the way I see Leicester, and I know that everybody's like, oh well, well done Leicester and everything. And don't get me wrong, not anymore. It's nice. <laughs> It's nice to see no for sure. It's nice to see someone other than the usual suspects up in top four. Okay, it is nice to see that although Arsenal are still there, so we just need to get rid of them somehow. But but for me, they're bullies. I don't think there's anything pretty about their football. Yes, they get the results, but now it's game on. Screw you, bastards. We are going to beat you on Wednesday. I think the end of. I think that um, okay, so I was I was I was at the game on on Wednesday and um, 
the one thing that struck me about Leicester City was that they didn't look like a top four size. Um, they didn't. They don't have the class. They don't have the class. They don't have the quality. Okay, Vardy wasn't fully fit, but they didn't look like a threat at any point during the game. I felt. Um, yeah, they had a few spells, but just generally, they looked like they'd come with a plan. It looked like um, Ranieri's an Italian, so it, 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 I wonder how much of the, yes. the mentality was to go there and play the Italian way and just um, shut up shop, shop and just defend and defend and then maybe sneak a goal, which is what what they did. Um, they don't look to me like um, that they're going to finish in the top four, other than... I. When I look outside of the t- teams that are in the top four at the moment, I, I, I'm not particularly impressed with, with with you know whoever it is, United or whoever's in fifth or sixth place. Um, so that's the first thing that, that struck me about about the game. Um, I thought that that we played really well, and the frustrating thing was. It, Unfortunately, we didn't put our chances away, although we came very close. Um, very early on, it felt like the Norwich game because we were just attacking in waves and putting their goal under a lot of pressure. And it was just, you felt it was just going to be a matter of time before we score. score. And we, we didn't. And the longer that, unfortunately, that the game went on and the longer that it was goalless, that must have increased their confidence. And um, maybe a point would have been a fair result although that would have still been disappointing um, and as it was they were very lucky and through unfortunately our bad defending they on a, on a, on a corner they, they capitalised on it um, the referee was also shocking um, and I mean, he, he, there were a lot of decisions um, which should have gone our way and they were constantly fouling Harry Kane and... Mares, honest to yeah. God. If he'd have been in front of me at the end of the game, I'd have just decked the man. He drove me insane. Yeah. He's looking for his RADA membership because I've not seen so much play <laughs> acting outside of the West End until I watched that game. He was rolling around like he'd been half murdered. I, I, I would you know, like to offer my services for that role. But that particular, that was time-wasting. And it was snide. And I don't like to see that. We don't do things no. like that, so I take it particularly hard when opposition teams do. Don't be devious. If you're not winning, man up, grow a pair, and get on with the game. Don't pretend that it's something that it isn't. Mm. My mini rant is almost over. So, um, yeah, that really, really annoyed me from Leicester on Wednesday night. I did think that was really shocking from them. And that goes towards the impression that they're not really a class team. They shouldn't really be where they are. I think they've just been getting lucky. Look, they get the results, but I just think they're getting lucky. And and you know, I'd like to say hats off to them, and and actually I don't want to because I don't enjoy watching them play, and I don't enjoy watching the fact that they get away with stuff like that. I mean, they bullied the the bullied the midfield completely. They were they came to White Hart Lane to bully us. That's what they did. And they got away with it. The rest did absolutely nothing. However, I did see Christian Eriksen, who's not known for pushing or shoving or or using his very slight weight to do anything. I saw him pushing a player off the ball. And I thought that's maybe an example of what they're doing. And he thought, OK, mm-hmm. if you can do it, so can I. And I yeah. That's quite unusual for him, I think. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I wonder if Dembele had started that game um, 
whether the result would have been any different. Because certainly, and we'll talk a little bit about yesterday's game a bit later, but certainly um, his, he had a, a big impact yesterday. Um, and whilst he came on came on late in the game against um, Leicester in the middle of the week, ironically, it was actually after he came on that, that they scored. Um, but I wonder if he had started that match, whether the result would have been different, whether he would have bossed the midfield. I don't know if he was fully fit to have played a full match. Now, I was having a debate about this with, with somebody and um, uh, on social media, and the, the, the school of thought was, uh, OK, if he's not fully fit, then he shouldn't be on the bench, um, to which I would argue, well, you might be fit, but not fit enough to play a 90. And then, yes. and then, but then the argument was, well, then, OK, you start him, but then you bring him off. But... Um, I don't know. I think that we've got a squad. I, th- I think, unfortunately, in these situations, it's when we it's when we drop points and we don't play well. well then fans have a tendency to look for scapegoats. So they'll be like, oh, you know, for example, Carroll could shouldn't have played, or mm. Dembele should have started, or, or so forth. The reality is, we've got a big squad, and we've got lots of games, and you're sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't. If, for example, if if Dembele played on Wednesday and started the match, um, he might have got injured after 60 minutes and, and would have been out yesterday. So um, I think it's just a question of Poch utilising the squad, the strong squad that we have. And we do have a strong squad. And I think it was, um, I can't remember who it was, it might have been Ubex on a previous pod. You know, not every player is the same. There, There is no, or in fact it was, it was, um, podcast I did in the new year with Devan Pandya um, mentioned about Dembele. Not that Dembele is a unique player um, and yep. you can't, you know, Dembele is not in the team. Somebody else will come, come in, Carol. He's not the same player, but he offers something different. And that's just, but we, we you know, we've got a strong squad and we've just got to utilise that. We didn't play, nobody played badly. There was no one player you could pick out of that game on Wednesday and say they were they were rubbish. It just—it was again another cohesive team performance. We just failed to get any goals, and then we failed to defend. That little mind slip—that's all it took. Mm. But it, overall, it wasn't a bad performance. So, and I think part of it as well—the the reason I felt quite as miserable—and um, and I made make sure everybody else was miserable because of it—was because I'm st- I'm just not used to it. This season, I'm not used to losing at all. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that, that is so true. Five we've lost. That's our third league loss, isn't it, all season? It's our third league loss. I yeah. mean, really? <laughs> the only other, the only other team that's lost lost less league matches. That's difficult to say. Lost fewer league games than us, Leicester, um, who lost who've lost two. Um, you know, I said it after the Newcastle game, which was disappointing, which was our, our last league loss. There are, there are going to be some more days at the office like that. Um, now, as it was, I don't think. Performance-wise, this wasn't like Newcastle. We we played well. We just didn't get the results. Um, you're going to get days like that, you know. When going back to when when United were winning league titles in the 90s, um, they would even when it was different league then, and it might have just been two teams dominating it. But they they had days where they would play poorly and or days where they might play really well and not pick up results. That's just the nature of football. And I know it's disappointing that that Arsenal and City um, dropped points and we didn't capitalise on that. But actually, if you look at it, OK, they've only gained one more point than us um, 
middle of the week. The big, the mm. biggest winners were Leicester City, um, who had a four-point lead over us, and and now at seven. Um, and what? There's how many games left? Sixteen matches of the season. Yeah, I, I, still I plenty know, of football it, to be played, and it, and they'll, they'll drop points as well. They dropped points yesterday, but they were crap against Villa last night. Yep. They really were. I think Robert Huth was lucky to stay on the pitch. They And again, referees not seeing it. Is it because they're league leaders? And know. refs don't want to punish them? But twice in the area, he had his left arm up and smacked the Villa striker in the face. And I thought, well, OK, that's a straight red. That, you knew he was there. There's no need to do that. On two separate occasions with no punishment on either time. And you think any other game, that would have been. It should have been a punishment. But nothing was given. So, yeah, is it, you know, are they being paid not to make, not to give them um, cards and free kicks and things and penalties? I don't know. But they are not that great a side. No. And we've got, um, we've got a chance. I know it's not the same, you know, that was a league game and... The FA Cup's a different competition, but we've got a chance for revenge, payback next um, next Wednesday in the replay um, at their place. And, I, and, I, and you don't always get that opportunity in life to um, to redeem yourself, to, to you know, to have a second chance. To have a so, second chance. Yes. So let, let's take it. Bring on next Wednesday. And you know, should we beat? Should we beat them in the cup? Um, it will be Colchester in the next round away, and on paper that should be a fairly straightforward tie. It should indeed. So there's you know th- th- there's plenty to play for. Um, if we talk more about Wednesday, we'll end up getting t- depressed. <laughs> um, so yesterday we we, we played Sunderland. Um, Again, I was at the match. It was um, Sunderland were very different to Leicester in that um, I've read a lot. Well, firstly, Sam Allardyce said that he felt that we were very lucky and the scoreline flattered us, or something along those lines. And I've and I've heard other people say that Sunderland had a game plan and they defended. Let me tell you this: the Sunderland team that came to White Hart Lane yesterday alongside Aston Villa were the poorest teams that I've seen um, us play this season they were pretty poor they didn't even have a plan to defend they just had a plan they were just going through the motions I think they were really really poor I don't know how that came across when you're watching on TV but they didn't even they were just playing at a pedestrian um, pace they were in no hurry to do anything and they were very lucky to score a goal. It was just completely against the run of play. Um, but at n- no point did I feel worried or concerned, um, other than we had a lot of opportunities, and particularly in the first half, and after they scored, I just couldn't help thinking, we need to take those opportunities. When when we, when we create all of that possession and we, and we um, have shots on, on target, some of them need to end up in the back of the net, and, and we, we sometimes don't make all that possession pay. And the longer that goes on in a um, game of football, that's going to give the opposition confidence. That's that's the only aspect that concerned me yesterday. Otherwise, I thought that Sunderland were an ordinary team and and we dispatched them comfortably. And, it's, it's, and by the way, another 
Uh, that's, I think, the third occasion in the league this season that teams come to White Hart Lane and lost 4-1. Man City, West Ham, and now Sunderland. Mm. Nicky, you were... Um, you had another Johannesburg Spurs Sporters Club social event at the Baron? Yeah, we did, we did. And, I mean, it was fabulous. We had a lot of new faces show up last last night or yesterday afternoon, and it, that was great. A lot of the regulars were at the um, at the grounds for the cricket, and we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of new faces, and it was really, really good. As for Sam saying that, that you know, we were lucky and, and we were pretty average, of course he's going to say that because he's trying to hold on to his job. If anything, he's the only thing that's average is him and his team. Mm. He and, sat there and, like a slug. Did you see him? All, yeah, it he was, was just, all kind of all slouched down in his chair, just looking. Yeah. He didn't have anything to yeah. say. There was no animation at all. No, absolutely not. And 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 I think he, you know, come on, you must realise that your days are numbered. He's not. He's not particularly. Look, I've never particularly liked the guy, to be honest. And and you know the way he chews, he just looks like a lemon mold cow you know <laughs> munching away on that bloody gum it's terrible um we showed up we wanted it more yes we we could have taken we could have capitalized more on the chances we had in the first half but the minute they scored that lucky goal i think i still posted on facebook we need to answer really really quickly 91 seconds later we did and that's exactly what we needed to do and i think it was great for ericsson to be able to do that because i think his confidence needed a little bit of a boost too so it it was really really good uh, it was funny though because two of the guys um paul and mark were chatting about ericsson and they were saying almost like in mid mid sentence i think we need to we need a substitute who would you take off let's take off ericsson bam goal Second half. Okay, now I think we need to take off Ericsson. Bam, goal. I'm like, okay, okay, can you say it again? Please say it again. (laughs) He played a full 90 minutes yesterday, which is quite unusual for him. And he did look good all the way through the game. He didn't fade the way he has done before, and that's when he gets subbed. So that was Mm. very encouraging from Christian Ericsson. Nice to see yesterday. I quite liked yesterday's game. Mm. I don't know, he didn't have quite so much fire. If that makes sense, but it did remind me quite a lot of the Everton game in that we had all the possession and then conceded a goal. And the the fact that we had such a quick response was really, really good. Mm. Um, And I did wonder if second half they were going to come out and play, but but they failed that and then they just put on that Kershaw guy and he can play again against us whenever he likes. Yeah, he was pretty poor. He was Um, piss poor, really uh, bad. I think in the second half for them it was about damage limitation um, and what a good job they did of that um, because <laughs> it was just yeah. they just didn't do anything but the thing that the fact that Sam was sat there and he just he looked grumpy and disengaged and that's not what I want from a manager and we've all mentioned this before Poch can be fairly emotionless sometimes when things don't go his way or even when they do the big thing is Lamella when he scored the Rabona, Potts just turned away. No applause, no nothing, because he knew that's mm. what his team could do. But there's a difference between a manager who's standing on the touchline and can do that and a manager that's sat there looking like he wishes he was anywhere else, but just not mm. involved with his team. And if I was a Sunderland player, I would be inclined to say, do you know what? I'm not doing this again. There's no point. If you don't believe in me, if you're not going to support us, why the hell am I bothering? 
Well, Fat Sam is sort of very much yesterday's man, I feel. Um, I've, I've never rated him as a manager. I know a lot of people will say, oh, didn't he do a good job with Bolton? And has any kept, you know, when he when he was manager of Blackburn, he managed to keep him up, up uh, keep them up and was unfairly, unfairly dismissed. And, you know, didn't he do well to get West Ham um, promoted? But I've never been a fan of his football. Um, I don't like his demeanour much um like Nicky was saying earlier, I, I can't stand him. And I think that, for me, Aston Villa and Sunderland, on the evidence of yesterday, will, will, will both of them will, will go down. Unless something miraculous Drastic happens. happens. Yeah, I can't. I think both teams... Uh, I mean, Villa, I think, have picked up four points from the last two games, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's that might be the start of something, but, but they, they've looked poor otherwise, so... Yeah, I think those two teams will go down. Um, now, listeners to the pod will, will know that I'm a big fan of Toby Alderweireld. Um I'm not going to mention him, um, although he had a good he had a good game yesterday again. Um, but I was more impressed, or I think would be worth a mention, would be his um, compatriot and defensive partner, Jan Vertonghen, who I thought was superb yesterday. Just really bossed it, was really in control of the game, just looked... looked Looked like Jan Vertonghen, like Super Jan. Um. <laughs> Look, I've I've always said that I think that the arrival of of Alderweireld has improved Jan's game tremendously, and I still maintain that. I think the two of them are really, really good together. Um, but I think, you know what? I'm not going to nitpick. There's no point in nitpicking. We 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 played a great game. Um, yeah, we're slowing in moments. Same as on. On Wednesday, I mean, I was highly frustrated with some of the play because it was just slow and predictable, and especially the counter. I wish we would just counter-attack more and, and, and move faster because it's just like, move the fucking ball. It, it just is so slow sometimes. But you know what? Hats off to all the guys. They picked themselves up, they dusted themselves off, and they came out and they played like they meant it and like they wanted to win it. So so good for them. I mean, obviously, you've got your guys who will come up. You, you, you've got to say we're really great, like Dembele and, and Ericsson had a good game. Obviously, he got two lucky goals, but they were goals nonetheless. <laughs> and if anybody, if anybody was going to get them, it was going to be Ericsson. If anybody was going to get them, it had to be him. So I was really chuffed with him. And... And even though I've been critical of Daily Ali and his little moments of unsportsmanly behaviour, I actually quite liked it when he just tossed the ball. <laughs> the, the one time he got just tossed the ball and it bounced off the, the, the goalkeeper's face. Well, whatever, you know. Moving on, it's not my ball, yeah. grab the ball. <laughs> and I know I shouldn't say that, that's really bad. I don't condone that sort of behaviour, but I was just like, Actually, Ellie, fuck them. <laughs> just, just, just get on with your game. You know, it's, it is what it is. It's great. You can, you can um, see why he did it. It was a bit of okay. Yeah. Yeah. Meh. Not my problem. Uh, I did think yeah. Trippier had a good game yeah. yesterday as well. Yeah. I was going to mention that the, the, the fullbacks. I was a bit surprised initially, and then I, about the selection, and then I thought, well, I suppose we've got, we've got the FA Cup tie on. Um, on Wednesday, Wednesday, so and then Crystal Palace straight after, so maybe um, maybe Walker's going to play in those in those games and, and Davis as well. Um, so Rose came in on left back. Trippier Trippier did really really well. I thought I thought that was his best game in a Tottenham shirt. 
Yeah, I think it's mm. been a gradual progression. You know, from his debut in the Europa League, where he conceded the pen or he gave away a penalty, to yesterday when he again he looks like he's part of the team. He looks like he's mm. been there forever. It's mm. not a problem for him. He looks settled. He put in some beautiful crosses. Worked really, really hard. Yeah, particularly so, um, going forward. Yeah, I really like the because I know Carl Walker has his detractors, and I quite like him because he's very kind of neck or nothing, isn't he? If he's going to run, he's going to run all of the way and he's going to do everything all right away. And Tripp has a little mm. bit more intelligence, perhaps, can see the play better. So I think maybe what Poch is trying to do is, look, you know, look at the way that this guy does things, perhaps. And he's trying to show Carl Walker that, A, there's a bit of competition for his place, which we know that they've worked on or, you know, Carl Walker's mentioned that before. But it's just, it, it's really good to see that he's come in and he looks completely settled. Um, Dembele, I thought was, by the way, um, man of the match. I don't know whether, yep. felt, yeah. Again, yeah. he just bossed the midfield, yeah. just controlled it, um, and it's it's funny how he suddenly sat now so integral. Not, not funny, but you know we wouldn't have said this at the start of the season. I, I remember at the beginning. You of the start- wouldn't have said this at the start of the season. Let's I think- just make that very clear, Javid. Don't I've- lump Bex and I into that category. Then. I think there are many it's people. You. There are many Tottenham fans that, that would have um, would would have said, including look, there were there were reports in the summer that Dembele was asking Pochettino if he had a future at the club. Um, that, that, you know and. But he's he's integral. And if you go back to, to to last summer, there was a lot of talk about Bentalab and how he was going to be. You know how much of a good season he had last season, particularly after the sort of first breakthrough season under Sherwood, and there was a lot of unfair stuff said about him then. But last season he had a, he really established himself in the, in the team with Mason and how he was going to be a future captain and all those things. And unfortunately, for one reason or the other, it didn't start off too well for Bentalab um, on the opening day of the season and then he's been injured so he's been out, out out of the team and other players have come in and done a job and no one's talking about him but Dembele's almost come out of nowhere and established um, himself as an integral part of that team um, you, it, he's alongside Lloris um, Toby Jan Toby Jan, Dyer himself, yeah. Deli Ali and Kane that spine really strong across you know Yep. The, the, the team and, and he's he's a regular um and I thought yeah he, he really bossed that bossed that boss the show yesterday um one player that I I, I thought did okay he, he didn't have um uh a, a, as good as game as maybe he has recently for Spurs was Lamella um I thought he, he, he did fine but um, the only reason I bring him up was um it was really annoying I was there was a guy stood on my left at the game who was just constantly whinging about Eric Lamella everything you know every time he picks up the ball oh before he even did anything with it oh well Lamella's gonna fuck it up now blah 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 to the point when they when they scored he just left and I know it was close to half time and he wanted to probably get a drink or whatever but you know within minutes of him leaving we scored and we got an equaliser, and you just think, what a dickhead! What an absolute dickhead! And even afterwards, when we were two one, three one, four one up, he he was um, still complaining about Lamella. I just don't understand people like that. I really don't. Did Lamella have a bad unique. game? And I was watching another game then. 
Because Must I don't be. think he had a bad game. Do you? No, I, d- I don't think he had his best game. I don't think he had a bad game. Um, I think. No, I I don't think he did anything wrong. Yes, he might not have been sort of up front and centre as he has been in previous games. Mm. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. It gives other people a chance to shine, and we obviously didn't need that from him. But he no. was in there all the time. He wasn't doing anything wrong, and people like that, you know, should be embarrassed of themselves. I know that we've all got a you know, opinions of, of players, etc., etc., etc. But you pay money to go to the game and all you do is sit there and badmouth the player. You know what? Shame on you. And I hope you're listening to this podcast, you stupid bloody wannabe fair weather supporter. Piss off and give your ticket to somebody else who wants to be there. I think it was exactly that. I think he was a fair weather supporter. And Nikki, uh, I've missed your rants. I haven't heard one for a good couple of weeks. Um... It just frustrates me you know there's so many people who are desperate for a ticket and and yes i understand that we all have different opinions on players and so forth and we're not always going to agree all of the time but to just bitch and complain about somebody for the sake of it when you're actually there at the game and you can't even enjoy the game no. it's people like that who make me sick no and, anyway. and, pati- and particularly as though it wasn't I don't think it was based on on yesterday per se it was based on he he just had uh, an opinion, seems, a, opinion and a hatred of of, of of Lamella and all I say is has he watched our last I don't know dozen or so games that Lamella's played in a Spurs shirt this season um, obviously he hasn't or you know no he's still basing yeah. it on the first game the first 90 minutes that Lamella played against Man City under AVB when yeah. he had a shocker as did the rest of the team and we got thumped I suspect mm. and he won't some people are so blind almost they just won't they refused to see any good in anything. Lamella had an okay game. He was very involved with everything. Yeah, exactly. Lots of runs down you know. the left, you know, yeah, getting involved, moving the play out. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I, it's, it's like we were saying, I mean, everybody's got a different opinion. You know, two, two guys in the, Paul and, and Mark were like at the, they were joking. I don't know if they were joking. They were being serious in their discussions about taking Lamella, um, taking Ericsson off and replacing him. Who would you replace him with? All the rest of it. And I was sitting there, not kind of listening, not really listening because I'm watching the game and thinking, okay, well, I don't really see anything wrong with what Ericsson's doing. But then again, I've, I, I've never played football and these two guys have. So maybe they're seeing something that I'm not seeing. And it was actually quite pleasurable when, <laughs> when <laughs> Ericsson scored. <laughs> and I know one of those people is the person that I live with. So I hope he doesn't listen to this part and hear me <laughs> saying this. Because <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble. And the other person is one of my co-committee members on Johannesburg too. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, not retweeting you know, this just, one then are you <laughs> no but you know the thing is at the end of the day everybody has a different opinion and everybody sees the game differently and and I think we had discussed this previously with Jess where where Jess had been at that one game with you um, Southampton, last, yeah. last year and where that guy was also just just there doing what some football fans do, going, oh, you idiots, and oh, you can't play, and oh, pass the ball, and, you know, not adding anything, um, you know, concrete to anybody's experience. 
Absolutely. And you're going to get people like that. I'm not saying that that, um, I'm the biggest critic or I know what I'm talking about half the time. Some people may listen to this pod and think, oh, God, what does this South African chick think she knows about it? (laughs) Stick to your rugby, okay, girlfriend? (laughs) It's it's funny. It's funny you should mention that game with Jess that was at Southampton. Um, One thing that we also said when when we did the podcast afterwards and at at the time was both of us felt Deli Ali should have been taken you know, we weren't critical of him um, in, a, yeah. in, in, a, in a sort of moronic way, like the guy on my left yesterday. But we felt that he wasn't having his best game and maybe he should be taken off. And around about the same time we said that, he scored a goal. Yeah. And we both conceded <laughs> afterwards, oh. much in the same way that, maybe for instance, um, Paul might Paul have been... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so, you know, that, that that's part and parcel of football. I, I get that, but I, it's... It's when people are just completely irrational about something and they're just whinging for the sake of whinging. It's just, well, you know, there are, as you say, people that would die for a ticket. Um, well, maybe not die, but they would they would, they would, would really like to be there. And um, it's just it's sad when you get fair-weather fans turn up and just whinge. They should get behind the team. Um, the win yesterday, it keeps us in fourth. Um, so we're five points behind Leicester, who are currently top four points behind City, four points behind Woolwich, but they've got game in hand. They're playing Stoke later today, which should be a tough game. Um, And it keeps us two points clear of United, who are winning at the moment, 1-0. They are indeed. Um, Wayne Rooney scored um, a a late-ish goal, and I think there's about three minutes or so left in that match. Mm -hmm. Um, Right, just final thing... um, so it's brought to my attention um, by uh, by somebody um, who shall remain nameless, but they know, they know who they are, um, uh, and um, that our manager, Mr. Pochettino, um, he he during the middle of the game he disappeared mm-hmm. and, again, again, and apparently this is a, this is something I haven't noticed it, but um, this person um, it's quite observant and they they, they they had noticed that Mr Pochettino had has gone missing during the middle of the match. Had anybody else come across this and if so, why do we think that is? It's very hard, I think. If you're at the game you're very focused on everything that's going on in the pitch. And unless you're sat close to the dugouts, you probably wouldn't notice if he was there mm. or not. But the T V have focused on that the last two games. They did it yesterday and they did it for the Leicester game. And it's kind of, oh, and they've glossed over it. But I find it interesting that they focused on that particular incident. It's almost as if they say, well, you know, he's so confident in his team that he can afford to leave the pitch side for however long. Well, I just, I wasn't going to say anything. And and, um, he was actually just taking a moment to phone me and find out (laughs) if I'm enjoying the game. (laughs) And ask and my if you had any if, changes. Yeah, if, if who who would I who would I sub? And I said no, keep Ericsson there, because I've got a feeling he's going to score again. <laughs> well, you it didn't work wish. on Wednesday night. Whatever you told him then. Oh, it was too late then to phone Nicky. Well, yeah, no. When he came out on Wednesday, he had he had given me a call, <laughs> and he said how things at home. And I said to Paul, well, you know what? Either either. Um, you know, we're, we're not going to lose this game because Pochettino knows that it's over if we lose the game. And Paul said, well, then I win either way. We lost the game and I gave Pochettino another chance. OK, so 
you know, we're just moving things over. It's a three-way relationship. It's difficult. It's tricky. But, you, you know, they know about each other. <laughs> and, and, and then I'm going to have another person attack me and scratch my eyes out for saying this. <laughs> you are indeed. <laughs> oh, I do apologize. Um, I know that he is yours. We share him. But I'm sorry. I think the world needs to know he was phoning me in South Africa last night. <laughs> There you have it. Just asking me. That's okay. that's that's the honest truth. <laughs> um, well, there's also a suggestion that he looks ill, but I don't know that he looks ill. He seems to have lost some weight. I think. They're cold some... there. It's, I believe. Yeah, it's absolutely freezing. It so is. I'm not. And you know, you must have been cold on the. Oh, I was going to say on the terraces. You must have been cold at the ground yesterday as well. Uh, not especially. No. Really weird. Um, so. I'm not surprised if he just went to go warm up or something. There's the oh, machismo I... attitude, isn't there, that managers can't put a coat on if it's raining, otherwise you get called names. You can't have a brolly because <laughs> we all know what happens there. Um, so you just have to suck it up and stand there irrespective of the weather conditions. He might just have gone to warm up for five Probably minutes. Probably one out. Boys. Say what? Say what? Um... <laughs> He's right. just being rude. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, well, then. Damn it. Right. If he was on the phone yourself. to Nikki, then yeah. Anyway. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So we've got just we've got um, Leicester in the middle of the week, if we mentioned, and then Pal in, in the cup, and then Palace on um, on Saturday. Quick predictions. We're going to win on Wednesday because we've done the loss, we've done the draw, and there's only the win left. So we are going to beat them on Wednesday. In normal time? Because yes, could go, normal could go time. And penalties. Yeah, no, but the thing is that it's really late here in South Africa. The game kicks off at quarter to ten, and I've got a really, really busy day the next day. So has Paul. So I've told Potch he needs to finish it up in the first half, and let's have an easy second half, and then we can all go to bed at reasonable hours. So... It's going to be finished finished in 90 minutes. Okay, and then Palace on Saturday? Oh, yeah. We, look, I think it's going to be a tough game. I think every game is going to be a tough game. You know, I'm I'm always so confident that we're going to win and all the rest of it, and some people may think I'm just deluded. But you've got to be serious. Every game is going to be a tough game, and anybody can beat anybody on their day. But we need to put these games to bed if we're going to be contenders. End of. So I think that um, we've had a little bit of a bit of a hiccup now in in January, and I think going forward we're gonna we're gonna have another run of a few wins. I, I, I don't know what the score line's gonna be, but I think we're gonna win. Look, Palace have lost their last three league games: four 0 away to City, one 0 away to Villa, which is perhaps the, the most significant, and then. 3-0 at home to Chelsea. Um, they seem to be not at their not at their best. So I think a good time to play them. Um, so I, I can yeah. see us. I can see us winning that one. Two 0 and I think we'll beat Leicester in the cup, but might be an extra time. I think extra time for the cup, two one, to us. Um, but Palace, that's another three or four nil. Okay. Um, right, before we do questions, um, Spurs ladies. Haven't played again this week. So they were due to play in the Ryman Cup in the semi-final. Of the, uh, but they failed to because the weather's just been diabolical here. And as I had a bitch about last week, they're not playing on decent 
um, at grounds. So they will be more affected by the weather than probably even the League Two clubs. So hopefully they'll get a game in this week if the weather evens out, if it warms up or it stops raining. Um, and I'll have something to tell you next week. Cool. Okay. Um, bu- 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 bu. The United game, that's just finished, by the way. So um, they're two points behind us. Um, so did they win? They won yeah. one, one nil. Yeah. Um, Jürgen Klopp looks suicidal. Which is amusing. Well, it's amusing that Liverpool are now eight, points, off. Be- eight yeah. points behind us with a minus three goal difference. Um, I'm sure that, that, that the experts that, that work in media will all talk about how they're still serious top four contenders. Um, and I will continue <laughs> laughing into the grave. Um, right, the other... Um, thing that I should mention, um, we've had a uh, an article um, that Ator Tomar, to, Ator Tomar kindly wrote um, about um, Harry Kane. Um, it's called Saving Mr Kane, and it's gone on the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast.com website. Um, and it's all to do with um, how we need to buy a striker in the in the window and um, uh, how how much pressure that puts on, on, on Harry if we don't get a striker in. Because at the, at the moment, with two weeks left in the window, it's... it's Yeah, it doesn't look like anybody's going to come in. Um, we've been linked with a lot of players, but um, I suppose you, you never know. I mean, um, Southampton signed Charlie Austin yesterday, and that wasn't something that had been talked about. And out of nowhere, they signed him. So hopefully we can get somebody in, in during the window. Um, so yeah, it's a really good, interesting article. Um, it's called "Saving Mr. Kane" and it's on the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast website. Um, and if you're interested in writing any articles for the website, then please um, submit them to either me or Nikki. Um, you can contact us also on Twitter at at thf podcast, um, and we'll be happy to look at your articles and potentially publish them on the website. May I ask a question? Yeah. If we if we had to sign a striker, do you honestly think that the person is going to just slot in and make an impact and and going to make a huge difference to our game right now no. to the end of the I, season? I, I think that honestly, I think that whilst there are some players that that do hit the ground running and make an impact straight away, um, that's not true in all cases, particularly in, in the middle of the season. So. Uh, Assuming they didn't straight away, what they would provide is an element of cover and they would take a little bit of pressure off of Harry Kane. But I don't think they'd hit the ground running, personally, unless they're an exceptional player. Yeah. Look, I just I think that we've got enough. Um, we've got quite a few options. I, I just don't think that it's... People need to start getting critical and and you know saying that we've missed the boat if we don't sign anybody. If we don't sign anybody, it's because Pochettino hasn't identified somebody. Not He's... necessarily because Levy isn't spending the money. I just think that it's a bit um, it's a bit uh, premature to start expecting that, especially at this stage of the game. I think these these transfer windows now in January are just stupid rubbish. Sorry, they are. Po- 
Poch has already said he thinks that we can cope to the end of the season without another full-time striker. So that's one of those we'll suck it and see situations. Yeah, It, it all hinges on Kane's fitness. Look, if, if Kane gets... Kane gets a horrible injury and is out for the rest of the season. No doubt, all the critics will come out and say, "Oh, yeah. Levy, Levy should have spent the money on this, that, and the other." And whilst that might might be true, I don't think, and I said this I think last week, it's not what we what what, what we do or don't do in this window. It's going to be a failure of what we did last summer, or the fact that we didn't address the question then. Um, I think that if the right player is available. Um, that Poch has identified and if we can get that right player in somebody that can not just fit into the way we play and into our uh, into Poch's ideology but also is the right sort of personality somebody that's not going to um, uh, unbalance the, 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 the dressing room somebody who's not a troublemaker that's really important um, if the right person is available then absolutely we, we do need a NABBA-recognised striker to provide cover for Harry Kane, to provide an, another option if he's out of sorts. Um, so who knows? To play, I, I read an article earlier in the week where Potch said, look, if we get a second striker, don't assume... Or maybe he didn't say this, maybe I think it might have been implied, but that don't assume that he's going to cut this... A second striker will necessarily come in as cover. We might change the way we play. We might go to 4-3-3, three, three, which is... Well, he, he was, there was occasions when he played that at Southampton. Um, Wasn't he saying that about the other Moussa Dembele? Was he? Possibly, yes. I might just be getting old, but I have a vague recollection of the two situations it might being have linked. Been, yeah, yeah. It might have, might have been in, in, in relation to that. Um, so... I think if the right players available, then then yes. But if uh, if they're not available, then we're just going to have to carry on to, to, to the rest of the season. But just be aware that whomever the fans deem is the right player isn't necessarily the one that Poch deems is the right player. Correct. Let, let me put a hypothetical question to to both of you, and, and this is you know very hypothetical. Imagine you were Pochettino. Or imagine you were the Spurs manager and you had um, two options. One option was that you would buy the following striker. And this is the only striker available, the only one that's lives, breathes, and is available at all. Okay, every other striker is just not available. It's just and this striker is called Emmanuel Adebayor. Okay. That's one option. And I hate can, you already. I don't want to answer this now. <laughs> and he can come in and he can possibly score goals, but he might unrest the dressing room. Almost certainly will unrest the dressing room and, and he might not do what Potch wants to do and he's got baggage and all of that. Or, But but he gives you that other option. okay? And, and effectively, that's what we had last season. Um, with Adebayo. We had Kane, Adebayo, albeit we also had Bobby there as well. Or you accept that that player is a troublemaker and is not going to fit into the Tottenham way and we carry on as we are. Which actually, sorry, I've probably answered my own question. That's, effect- <laughs> that's, that's effectively what's happened anyway. That's effectively what's happened. So that's it. But I'm just I'm just trying to illustrate the point that... that um, but but it, is, it is very much down to having the right personnel. Um but Poch has already shown that, hasn't he? And that's why he got rid of... There was the whole cabal that were there last year. Mm-hmm. And he's they've, he's dispersed them all, hasn't he? Yeah. 
He sent them all away. I don't like you. You don't fit. You don't agree with my training. So long, farewell, don't come back. Mm. So he's already proven that it doesn't matter. It has to be exactly that right fit. Because if if it's the wrong fit, then he's going to spend another few months or another summer or whatever getting rid of that. So we don't want to go back. Okay. So if he doesn't sign anybody, that's my whole point. If he doesn't sign anybody, it's because he hasn't found somebody who is going to fit. There's no point in rushing to do something just for the sake of everybody saying, what if? You know what? What if? If it does happen, well, then, you know what? Other people are going to have to step up to the plate. God forbid something happens to to Harry Kane. But if it does, other people are going to have to step up and show their worth. And I actually don't think that it's not going to be a case like that because you've seen other players step up barely for one this season he stepped up to the plate big time now we don't know what's behind that but I mean I've read a lot of articles where where players are talking about Pochettino and how he has personally improved their game and I think that he has that effect on our players so I don't think we should write off the players that we we've got even if they're not in the traditional striker role we shouldn't write them off I think that we have got a lot of potential with with the people that we've got. I think the other thing is you look what he's done with Dyer. You exactly. don't know what they've been doing in the background. You don't at all. If he's been pushing someone else to become a striker, you don't know if he's going to move someone. Yeah, it, it's there are it's the, it's... a number of permutations. Yeah, so there was there was some talk at the beginning of the season, you know, when this question last, when there was a, a window last open, um, that I think Lamella, uh, Lamella, Pochettino suggested that Lamella could play that role, or Chadley, for instance. I'm not sure if at that point we'd got Son and um, Nijie, I don't think we had. And and then when those players, I think, played in the pre-season friendly, I think maybe Chadley might have played as a striker. Um, none of them, and Son as well last week none of them really showed they could do it um but that might not have been given enough of a chance um the flip side of that is someone like Dyer before he came in into that role um in, in the central midfield um on the opening day of the season prior to that and on and on the opening day of the season um a lot of people were saying you know we needed a, a defensive-minded type midfield player in the summer and everybody was bemoaning the fact that there was talk that Pochettino would play Dyer in that position and it wouldn't work and that was just you know a makeshift or it might Mm -hmm. work but you know it's not really a long-term viable well Pochettino (laughs) has proved everybody wrong so you know we don't know we've we've just got to have a little bit more faith in in yeah in what he does. You mm. also don't know what he's... Like, Like we were all just saying, now. Nah, what Beck said, you don't know what they're doing. You don't know what the training they're doing. You know, so we've just got to have trust and faith that Pochettino's doing the right thing, you know? He seems to have been doing all right so far. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, all the naysayers, all the non-believers, all the negative fair-weather fans, go find another team to support. Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's do some questions. Um, Paul Esau asks, after watching the game and, and others, it seems that your only thing when you're winning can be levelled at us. What do the podsters think? Um, okay, so 
I don't... Uh, the implication there is that we weren't singing or the, or the crowd wasn't vocal when we were either losing or, or, or level. Um, I don't know what the atmosphere was like watching on TV, how, whether that came across. Did you think the Spurs fans were particularly vocal or quiet yesterday? I don't think they were very vocal before the Sunderland goal. Mm. Uh, well, before our equaliser, which was very quick, so that might have helped. Um, it didn't sound like it, but I'm very aware of the fact that you're at home and you can't always judge. Mm. I must be honest, I didn't really, really take notes. You know, it's loud and you've got people singing or maybe they're singing, maybe they're not singing. And, you you know, half the time I'm listening to the commentators anyway. So yeah. um, I think the, I think I would notice it more if we weren't singing, if, if we had been losing, but... To be honest, I can't really, I can't really say that. I, I don't. Um, I, I, I don't think that we were. If, if I think back to even the game against Leicester, I mean, I don't think um, we were not vocal. I think if, if, um, if anything, you know, the the team, uh, sorry, the supporters were really, really getting behind the team and singing quite a lot. So, I don't think that's fair. You only sing when you're winning. Okay. Well. I was in the Park Lane end as, as usual, and all I can say is that um, the fans were quite vocal. Um, uh, our fans in, in 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 the Park Lane end, and yes, it was a it was a midday kickoff, and I think that sometimes affects things. I know that's not an excuse, but it, it just does sometimes. Also, there weren't that many Sunderland fans that travelled. Um, they d- hadn't sold out their allocation. Um, and they weren't making much noise, and I think that sometimes has an impact. When the away fans are vocal, uh, um, then that in turn encourages the home fans to sort of... Retaliate. Uh, re- yeah, <laughs> retaliate. Um, but that, that, I thought they were particularly quiet, personally. Um, and I thought that, yeah, I thought this, the Park Lane was, was vocal. Yes, there, was, there might have been some idiots, like the guy next to me who was a bit frustrated or... Um, there might have been some people. There might have been a sort of hangover from, um, or a few nerves from from Wednesday. But um, generally, I thought it was okay. If anything, um, when it when it was quiet, it was more to do with the fact that the shelf side, the east end, and the north Paxton, and all the idiots that sit in the west upper with their <laughs> bagels and smoked um, salmon bagels, smoked salmon bagels, and, and whatnot. And, and who does and, that? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> They, they they don't make any noise, honestly. Okay, all the noise comes from from the Park Lane yeah, end. That's does. why I go there. Um, all the noise comes from the Park Lane end. And frankly, if you took the the, the other three sides of the stadium, just remove them, nobody would notice. Um, right, Aaron Wolf asks. Um, Yesterday was the first time um, he felt the need for there to be an outfield player wearing the captain's armband. Up until after Sunderland, 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 Sunderland goal, we looked frustrated and, and annoyed, and needed someone to grab, grab the game by the neck or whisper in Kane's ear or whatever it is that the mythical outfield captain is capable of doing. Right now, who would you give the captaincy to if not Lloris? Um, for him, he says it would be Dembele. He's senior, strong, serious, sees the attack as well as Eriksen, and, and understands the defence as well as Dyer. Thoughts, ladies? I've long said 
I've got nothing against Hugo being the skipper. It just feels that wrong in a way. And I know Spain has done it, yada yada. And I know Hugo does it for country. But for me, at this level of intensity, it does deserve an outfield player. Um, it, uh, ideally, you'd say Jan or Toby, I guess. I don't think, I, I'm fairly sure Jan would run a mile if you offered him the captaincy. It's not his style at all. But I think Dyer is very much mm. in that mould. A very inspirational skipper who demonstrate who leads by demonstration. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. the word. I can think of it. Leads from the front. <laughs> you know, this is the way I want you to do it, guys. Isn't going to sit back. And what I didn't do on Wednesday, I think it was so wrapped up in the game, was I didn't see how Danny Rose behaved. Um, that's the first time we've had an outfield skipper since the last time Hugo didn't play. Yeah. yeah. Look, but I meant I to have a... looked at that. Yeah, he, uh, he did okay, but he sorry against 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 Leicester on, in the cups. You yes. mean? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Sorry. Yeah. I'm all confused with my Leicester games. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he did okay, but I don't think he was particularly the right choice. And I think, um, you know, I think we've all said this for a long time in in many previous podcasts. We've we've said that we think Dyer should be the guy. Um, I can understand Next. it really. I can Next time you're on the phone to Poch, yeah, just, you know, tell him that that's what the considered opinion is that it should be done. I'll, I'll tell him tonight before I go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Bad lady. <laughs> now we know. Now we know why he looks so ill. It's all those late phone calls <laughs> in the middle of the night talking to you. It's, it's not my fault. We're two hours ahead. Okay. <laughs> um. I don't. I've I've got no issues with, with Larice being the skipper. I like the fact that he's that that Larice is captain um, of the club. From from the club's point of view, I think he's a really good ambassador. Um, from the team point of view, I get the idea about of, of having an outfield player. Um, but look, to tell you the truth, we've got a team of leaders. Actually, I think we've got lots of players in there that. Um, that could f- fulfil that role. I mean, Danny Rose um, was captain against Leicester last Sunday, and I think that was, I'm guessing, was more to do with the fact that it was senior seniority in terms of the fact that he'd been a long-standing Spurs player. Um, I was quite surprised. Otherwise, I can't really see. Well, to me, I don't know if he's got any leadership skills, but maybe he, but he does. It looked like it was a player vote almost. Mm. I'm not sure that Poch de- it, for him to go down the seniority route doesn't wash with me I don't think Poch is like that it seems much more of a okay who do you think mm, I'm, I'm just surprised sense. that Toby was overlooked but he's another one I don't think he wants it mm. I don't think he wants yeah. that to distract from his game well that's exactly it I mean I think these guys are just like like Jan they just um it's going to influence how they play if they've got to still worry about what everybody else is doing so you need mm-hmm. somebody who's who's able to think um on their feet such as this, uh, it, for want of a better expression and and be able to see the landscape and be able to to take some the game at the scruff of the neck when it's required and i think dyer has those qualities i don't think they barely would want it either because it would detract from his game isn't them but given what you've just said isn't that more reason for larice to be captain that 
just let let them get on get on and do it, and the those other players can then just get on and you know your Dembele's, your Harry Kane's even, who I think is vice captain, I believe, or he was certainly captain last season when towards the end of last season when when Lloris was injured, um, allow those well, players to 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 play because when the, ha- sorry when Harry came on, um, the the armband went from Rose to Harry. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so. He, you know, I do think he is vice captain, and when he comes on, he is captain. But and and don't get me wrong, I I think Luis is good. I I don't question that. But I also think that sometimes you're losing something because he's stuck in goal. How are you yes. going to communicate to somebody on the other side of the pitch what it is that they need to be doing, what they're doing wrong, or come on, guys, let's let's try this, do that, whatever the case may be. He's stuck in goal, and if and the I game think- is 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 dominated by us. He's nowhere near the players. But that, but that's where it goes back to my point that that it, in a sense it doesn't it doesn't matter who who the captain is really. So Luis fine can be captain, but as long as you've got a team of leaders or players that are willing to take responsibility and shouts, you know Dyer has those qualities. So you could argue that he's captain in all but name. The thing is, if Deli Ali and we've seen this season a couple of little flashes of temper, then Hugo is a very long way from that but Dyer has a much better opportunity of saying chill out dude just you know mm, ease yeah. up a little bit it's but, not a life and death decision but and does think, he need an armband to do that no not? no why he doesn't you give it? but why wouldn't you no 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 I think what, what Jav is saying is that you don't need to give Dyer the armband yeah. for Dyer to already play that role yeah yeah I know I get that but equally why wouldn't you give him an armband to be able to do that and if there's an incident further up the pitch with a player and the skippers will normally go in does Hugo no he doesn't no so it's normally Dyer or Harry actually yeah Yeah. Hugo might give for for all we know Hugo might give inspirational um, captain team talks at half time to all the players and before the match yep you know and 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 I don't know. Again, if if you go back to the school of thought that that um, it's the players that decided um, who should be captain, um, it might be that a lot of people felt that a lot of the players felt that Hugo had certain qualities. I, I understand what you're saying though about he's not in a position to influence um, what goes up goes on further up up the pitch. That's that's a given. But at the same time, you can have other players. It's, I think it's just to me. I just think it's, it's in a way. Sometimes, particularly the, in, in England, we sometimes get a little bit bogged out about um, a skipper. And I think you could have, you know, if you had a team of Eric Dyers, would it matter who, who's who, which which one of them is is the captain? Because any one of them would would give another player a bollocking or a shouting or, or shouting to or. or, or Tell them to calm down when he when he needs to. That's what yeah. that's what Eric Dyer does anyway. So why not I reward think... him? Because he's he's young and he's still le- am, learning his way. I am playing devil's devil advocate. advocate. I am absolutely doing it. I know um, what you're doing. This I'm not answering. <laughs> Just right. I, I can hear Jav wriggling. He's like, oh. <laughs> stop the woman talking. Uh, I'm... No, no, no. no. I'm personally, I'm personally, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with Larice as captain, but I think there are lots of other players, and Eric Dyer is one of them that could, that, that could do, do a good job. And, and, and in fact, that's, 
you know, if we go back to the beginning of the season, maybe the end of last season, and I can't remember who was on the pod, it might have been, well, it's definitely a few times with yourself, Nicky, but we've looked at this and we've said, why doesn't, you know, whoever it was, like Vertonghen, well, why doesn't so-and-so, where are the leaders in our team? And suddenly I think we've actually got a few people showing some leadership. I, I don't think it's, it's, you know, and Dyer's probably one of the main people, but I think there are there are a few other players. Um, I think Vertonghen's starting to show and take a bit more responsibility uh, that he did mm. in the past. Um, Toby, yes, he might not want the the role, but but every time I see him, um, I see him shouting and I see him, Kyle Walker as well. Um, there's yeah. a lot more passion and yeah. pride. Um, but that's because of the team. It's not necessarily because they want to be skipper. It may well be that Hugo is quite happy to do the half and half thing with Dyer. They are, in effect, training Dyer, aren't they? Mm. Both in his role on the pitch and his off-field role. As, yeah. a, as a skipper, because he is absolutely future skipper material. You can mm. see it. So it's just a question of when. And maybe they think that, what, how old is he, 21, 22? Maybe they think he's just a little bit too young, so they want to give him a bit more experience before giving him that extra responsibility. And in the meantime, he and Hugo kind of share things a little bit. And maybe there's a school of thought which su- suggests that if we want to keep Larice. um by making him captain, we're showing him how much we value him and how highly we hold 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 him. I don't know. Look, I do think he is in, an important part. He, I mean, he, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, think about the game we warm played. Would we have conceded the uh, the goal if if Luis was there? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm not saying Warm's not a good goalkeeper, but. Luis definitely, although he has his moments, like every other player where they can have a bad day at the office, there's just something really, really special about that man. And I think um, Maurizio is... Um, that's what I call him. name Maurizio. terms now. I yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I call him. Anyway, um, sorry, I must be professional. Pochettino, uh, I think he's he's... He's showing that more and more. Look at that that forum that they had with the questions from the fans, from the fans, and it was Daniel Levy, Maurizio, and and Hugo, Hugo Lloris. I mean, that's our face at this moment in time. He is the more senior player, mm. and um, and he is. I think he is good for our squad. So you, you you might be right. I don't think he is going anywhere, and I think one way of making sure of that is by including him in in the formation of the team and, and making decisions maybe regarding the team to a large degree. I don't know. I'll have to ask Pochettino later. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. Um, question from Annette Smith from Glasgow. She says, is there, a, is there still a role for Chadley in our starting eleven? And if he did leave, do you think it would affect our other Belgians in any way? Um are we talking football-wise? Because he's not going anywhere. <laughs> he's not allowed to. It, it did strike no. me strike me yesterday that it's funny we've got we've we've got really um, a an Anglo-Belgium core to our team. If you look, you know, we've the players are either English, half the team's either English or Bel- or Belgium. The exception is probably Larice. Well, sorry, it's and Lamella, French and, and, and Lamella. Well, and Ericsson. Well, Lamella, you throw him in with Pochettino, so they're Argentinian. Um, and Lam- and Larice, 
France, that's sort of close to Belgium. They speak the <laughs> same language while in the French part of it anyway. Um, so, yeah, Ericsson filled one out. But, you know, we, we, we do have this a core of Belgian players, but also a core of English players. I think that's really good that, you know, most of the players speak the same language um, or, or able to speak good English. Um, and you've got a group of young English players that have grown up together, but you've also got a group of young Belgian players that have grown up together. Um, as for the question... Um, I don't, firstly, if he did leave, I don't think it would affect the other Belgians. Um, we've got Dembele and Toby and Jan, and who knows, we might get more players in. Um, is there a role for him? I don't know. It, it, he's not had a great season, but to be fair, he's been injured for a lot of this season. I like Chadley, but he just sometimes he blows a bit hot, hot and cold. Um but but there are things that he can do when he's hot that just works, you know. And I'm talking football. Oh, now. we are. Oh, okay, just, I was going to clarify. Um, <laughs> no, I think you're right, Nikki. But equally, I don't think it would affect the rest of the the Belgians no, if he left. No. I don't. Football no. isn't. It doesn't seem to be that clicky, apart from Jan and Toby. But at the same time, I don't know if there's necessarily, and certainly at the moment on current form, if you were to put him in the first team. Who would you drop? Well, that's the thing. Who would you drop? Because who's come in now consistently? Yep. Let's think about it. Lamella. Lamella's come in consistently. Mm-hmm. Would you drop him at the moment the way he's performing? No, I don't think you would. You know, well, um, you've got Lamella, Ericsson and Ali that are play, occupying those front three roles at the moment. Um, and then the next players that are in... The next group of players are Sun... Chadley, um, your boy Onoma, Nikki. Um, Love him. I like him. Love him. But I just, I I get so excited. Sorry, Jav, it's your fault for bringing him up, but I cannot wait for this boy just to show us his full potential because I just have a feeling he's going to be so special. I don't, I don't, I don't think. Okay, so there's Onoma who's done quite well. I don't think that Son has particularly grabbed it. Um, he did until he, he got, did until he was yes. injured. And he's injured, but yeah. he's since he's come back. I know he scored that goal against Watford, but he hasn't really seized it with both hands. Um, Pritchard is still injured, fair, so there is an opportunity for Chadley. To be fair, Son hasn't really been given a run of play. I mean, you know, that's the problem. A nice problem to have, but we have got so many options. And, and like we were saying right in the beginning, everybody brings something different. So, you know, the, the things that Chadley brings that other players don't necessarily bring. And, and yes, we've got different options now. And I don't know if I would like a team without Chadley in it. But the thing is, I've, I've gotten accustomed to not seeing him play. So I don't think I'd be distraught. But, you know, we have got options. I don't think it's going to affect the other Belgians because their place is cemented in the team. And I think Tottenham are going somewhere and they want to be there for that. So yeah. unless unless Pochettino brings Chadley in and he sets the world alight with something spectacular, um, I don't know if he'll stay. I don't know. And it is sad because he, he hasn't had a great season with being injured at anything. I'd be sad to see the back of him. I think that that's ultimately ultimately it, though. He's he's had a few injuries this season, so he's never had a clear run at the side. And every time that he's come in, I don't know how match fit he's 
he's, he's been. He looked a bit ring rusty when he came on against Everton um, and against, I can't remember which of the Leicester games he featured <laughs> in. Um, so that that's the only thing that I think you know, against him is the fact that he's had all those injuries. But at the same time, um, there will be opportunities. Um, he's just got to take them this season. Where I could see it going wrong for him is if we do qualify for the Champions League next season and if we're able to start to attract better quality players, then he might end up becoming surplus requirements at that point. But he might step his game up because of the challenges. Yeah. You don't, I mean, it's all unknown. You never know. That's the thing. But again, we don't know what Poch is doing with him on the training ground. I'm not actually, I'm not totally convinced that he's 100% fit in the snippets of that we've seen him play. He's still, like you say, Jav, I don't know whether it's just because he's not completely fit, whether it's a confidence thing, whether he doesn't want to be there, whether he's... It's the just hair. because he's not he having to game time. <laughs> he did cut his hair. He doesn't have his man bun anymore. No, no, he doesn't have the hand, man bun, but he's still got this big dollop of something on his head. And yes, but that's because Toby does it. So they're all following yeah. Toby. I just think that that it's Samson and Delilah and, and I need to cut his hair and he'll get his strength back. It's not the other way around. But the problem is Pochettino gets very jealous if I mention chat. <laughs> and I've got it's really hard work juggling these men. It really is. And doing Johannesburg Spurs as well. It takes a lot out of me. And trying to do a daytime job. It's it's hard work. Thank you, Superwoman. This is why this is why women can multitask and men will never get the hang of it. Um, <laughs> oh God, I can talk so much rubbish. <laughs> Zach Gisnola asks, well, there's two, two questions here, um, or actually a handful. Zach Gisnola asks, was a punt on Ch- Charlie Austin as backup to Kane a, a no-brainer at four million, given that he's just gone to Southampton? Nope. Um, Mark Ye- Mark Yiddo Matthew says Charlie Austin a bullet dodged or an opportunity missed. Mark Stoll. Can we ban Charlie Austin from ever being mentioned again? Yes. yes. Right, so moving on. Zach Nola asks, the theory that the league finishes <laughs> in goal difference order. We currently, um, we're currently second best goal difference. So we've got... Um, I had a table in front of me. Um, I think it's 18 plus 8. Sorry, yep. got plus 20. So, um, so it's yeah, plus 20 behind City at 22. Um, incidentally, we've got the best defence still with only 18 conceded. That's better than United that have conceded 20 and better than Arsenal and City that have conceded 21. Um, but, but but we only sit fourth. What's what's the missing ele- element stopping us being top? Okay, could you just repeat the question? I do apologise, Jeff, because sure. I didn't so follow any of the, that. The theory that... So much for multitasking. The theory that the league <laughs> finishes... In, are you like this with Poch? <laughs> don't. The theory, just the, don't ask her that. The, the, the theory that... I do not. I do not talk outside of the... Um, um, not a kiss I, and tell. If chick. I read, if I read the that question, one, that's what I was looking if for. I read the, if I read the question in a in a, in a uh, with, with in an Argentinian, Argentinian accent, accent, will that get you get your attention? <laughs> oh, please do, Jeff. I'd like to hear your 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 attempt. No, I'll, I'll stick to the English. Okay, Zach Casnola asks the theory that the league finishes in goal difference order. Um, you know, if it's going to be a tight season, we are currently second best 
goal difference, but only fourth. What's the missing element from stopping us being top? Now, I before I looked at the league table, the first thing that came to my mind was goals scored. I thought to myself, well, if we've got the best defence and we've got, if we've got the second best goal difference, we're fourth. We sh- you know we should be scoring more more goals. Actually, if I look at the table, we've scored thirty eight goals. Um, Everton, who sit in eleventh, have got one more than us. That's impressive that they've got so many, but not so impressive that they're there in the table. But teams in in and around us, so um, we've got more than Woolwich. I know they're playing now, and that could change. So we've got one more than them. We've got one less than Leicester, who've got thirty nine. The only team that yeah. scored more more than us are, are City. They've got scored 40, 43 goals. That's five more than us. So I don't think actually on, on the goal scored, whilst it could be better, I don't think it's too bad. You know, as I said earlier in the pod, we've we've won three matches four one this season at home. There was a five one at um, Bournemouth, three one against Villa as well at home. So we don't seem to be ha- having trouble finding the back of the net, even though we've just got Harry Kane as the only striker. How many draws yeah, do we have, Javad? That's the problem. We've, yeah. we've drawn yeah. nine matches. Whilst we, we've only lost three, um, uh, we've we've lost we, we've drawn nine. Leicester have drawn eight. City and Woolwich have drawn four. And then yeah. if you look at the games that we've won, we've won ten. But we're, so we're winning resoundingly the four ones. Yeah. But it's those draws that are really letting us down. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. You know, and 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 they've won. Leicester have won twelve, and City and Arsenal have won thirteen. Which okay, and we've won ten. That's not that many more at the moment. But if that stays, if we don't catch up, then that will prove costly come the end of the season. Um, you know, well, it, it could well be all those games, all those Stoke two all at home, yeah. Everton nil nil, Liverpool nil nil. Not so exactly. much, you know, losing to Newcastle or Leicester or United on the first day. It's, it's not the losses, it is the yeah. draws. That's what's really hurting us at the moment, I think. Mm. Yeah, we need to be able to put those games to bed. And I mean, they're supposed to be relatively easy games on paper. And, and at the moment, we're, we're finding that we just don't have that little bit of a push to, to get, you know, just sneak past and, and get that win and, and that clinical sort of mindset that says okay let's just put this game to bed now we need to want it more and i do know that it does represent on the pitch to a large degree but sometimes it doesn't you know sometimes i don't know if we just lose a little bit of faith in ourselves or something desire is wanting but but uh, desire is one thing but there's got to be that little bit of extra something that just makes us want it that much more and other teams are quite happy with the draw we shouldn't be you know, happy with the draw. We should be of the mindset that actually we're not leaving here. It is going to be a win or nothing, you know. And and I don't think we quite have that just bolted down right at this moment. Hello? Still yeah, here? still here. I was I was waiting for Bex to, to have some pearls of wisdom. <laughs> no, I, I, okay. I don't Sorry. have any wisdom, you know that. And Nikki's already said it all, so I'm, I was just going to be quiet. Okay. So I understand why you're shocked. <laughs> you two were very, very quiet. And, they, you know, just... I mean, okay. <laughs> I felt like I was talking to myself there for a minute. No, no. Okay, so final, final, final question. Jess Nicholl asks, can we have the end-of-season party at Nikki's Gaff in Johannesburg and whose game? 
Well, I don't see why you can't because look at the <laughs> pound rand exchange. I mean, it's really, really good for you guys. I mean, that's just... <laughs> Sounds like an excellent plan. I think it's a brilliant plan. We what's would the, what's the weather like in May? In May? It's, yeah. um, it's going into sort of autumn here, so it's really kind of like your summer. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> It's Sounds. really mild and still sunny and lovely. Um, I think, we'll, yeah, why not? Yeah, sounds I think like you a, should. Sounds like a good idea. Will, will Mr. Pochettino be present? Of course he will. Will, will he share him Of course he won't, because he'll be at the game. <laughs> if it's the last, if it's the end of season thing, when he be with his players? Damn, shit. Okay, yeah, we hadn't talked about that. Damn it. <laughs> but you know what? He might, if we get this teleporting thing sorted... <laughs> That's where he's disappearing to at halftime, okay? Or during the game. He's teleporting here quickly for a little snuggle, and then he's going to go back quickly. So he will join us, just even if it's for two minutes, and then he'll go back. I mean, imagine how cool that'll be. God, I can talk rubbish. So there you go. Um, Annette Smith, um, that's where, where um, Pochettino goes <laughs> up, 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 during, the, during the game. He, he's, he's working, he's, he teleports back and forth to Johannesburg, but he hasn't quite got it there. <laughs> quite got the hang of it um but that, that's why he walks up with a smile on his face have you noticed just look closely the next time <laughs> nikki i really wonder about you sometimes honestly where is all this invite this stuff coming from <laughs> either you're reading I watch too way, much i've watched way too many sci-fi flicks <laughs> <laughs> or it could just be wishful thinking which i'm uh, sure yes. nick will say <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wishful <laughs> thinking. Move over, you bitch. Pochettino's mine. <laughs> I love you, Annette. We can share time difference and all that. <laughs> Discuss this with Mrs. Poch at any stage. <laughs> yeah. He uh, yes. He told her to move up or move out. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, but then she saw Paul and she said, okay, well, can we share? <laughs> Just stop. Right. On that note, we're we're all off to plan our end of season party in Johannesburg. Um, thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Bex. Ever. Thank you. Um, future's bright. The future's Lily White. Good night. in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out all the hurt.